everybody out there. Welcome to the newest and best sports podcast there is. It is called 90 Feet Apart. My name is Kyle. Across from me is Chris. Over to my right is our producer slash engineer, Andrew Austin. This is the new podcast where we're going to discuss sports, mainly baseball, lean probably a little bit heavy on the Cardinals, but, you know, because we are coming to you live from America's heartland. But anyways, Chris, how the hell are you? Doing good, brother. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to be part of this. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we, we, we need to get right after it because we're about 30 days, almost 30 days into the 2023 baseball season. And uh, it's been an eventful first month. I mean, if you look around the league right now, there's a lot going on. And I think there's maybe some surprises that we'd want to talk about. I'm some, thinking some players, some teams we want to talk about. Cardiac let's, let's arrest kinda, surprises. Let's kind of like get the lay of what's going on across the league right now. So in the AL East, Tampa playing out of their minds. My uh, God. Late in the AL East, but also Baltimore strong. I don't think that's a huge surprise because of how young and talented they are. Um, Toronto also right there with them. And then the Yankees. I mean, that's a really strong division. Everybody in that division is over 500 right now. In the Central, you got Minnesota leading over a feisty Cleveland team who's, who's under 500. So Minnesota, the only team over 500 in that division. Texas, with a lot of uh, off-season moves, leading leading the, uh, the West out there. Um, and Houston, of course, always there lurking, the, the, rainy, the rainy defending champs. But you notice they don't uh, they don't hit so well when nobody's banging on a trash well, can. Well, there's always that, coming. right? There's always that. <laughs> Moving over to the National League, you got the, you got Atlanta leading the East. Uh, the Mets sitting there in second. I think that's you know I think everybody anticipated that would be a two team race. Um, and then and then Miami playing well, you know, sitting at 500. Young, they're probably the biggest surprise in the NL Central, uh, especially for a low budget team. The the oh, for the Miami, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Good segue. Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates in the NL Central playing great baseball. You and I got to see them firsthand together uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Pittsburgh sitting, you know, 16 and 8. And then Milwaukee sitting there. And then, of course, there's a big surprise at the bottom of the division right now. Um, and then out west, the Dodgers kind of after a slow start kind of recuperating and coming back, uh, sitting at 13 11. Then another surprise team with Arizona sitting over 500 playing some ball right now. So, Good for them. So, what jumps out to you? Right now, what jumps out to you with any teams or any uh, or any players that are, that are, that are playing? Out? I got a few things. Well, two mainly. We hit it on the very first day. Tampa Bay. My gosh, twenty and four. Twenty and four. Who who saw that coming for any major league club? I mean, especially with all the talent that's spread around the league. Everybody. I mean, first of all, their stadium is a piece of crap. It's a shame that they got to play inside, but I want to go over some numbers yeah, and let's figure out why <laughs> Tampa through 24 games is what they're doing. So these are team statistics according to baseball reference. Their team batting average, 282. Slugging, 523. OPS as a team, 879. Yeah, bro, and they're leading the next team. Uh, in yeah. Major League Baseball, five point zero seven nine. Yeah. I mean, they are way out front. On, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm talking OPS. I'm sorry. Right, right, right. Uh, they're they're way out front on OPS. Absolutely. Runs one hundred and fifty seven. Number one runs. Number one in the Major League. And that's crazy. One hundred. Andrew, do the math for me. 
157 divided by 24 or 24 divided by 157. So I guess like what's your average runs game, right? a game? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty close to seven runs. Well, I think it's like six and a half. Here's another stat too. 231 hits, 47 doubles, 48, uh, just 48 home runs, 154 runs batted in as a team. Now here's the, even the bigger kicker. There are 157 runs, but as a pitching staff, they have a team ERA of point, uh, 2.82. So when you score seven runs a game and you're only giving up two, it's a recipe for success. It's a recipe for 20 and four, man. Um, I'll tell you what, opponent's batting average, 197 against them. Yeah. 197. I mean, nobody is hitting them. So their run differential is enormous. They are steamrolling. Now, the knock on all of that is who they play. Right? Mm. So that's what you're going to hear is the knock on that. So, so you're saying when they go and play a little more competition, when everybody playing everybody this year could knock them off the top row? Well, especially bit. in that division. Remember, we were just talking. Everybody that division's over 500, right? So you right. got a really, really tough dogfight division, which will probably get the division winner and two wild cards out of that division, right? Yeah. Um, so who have they beat? They beat the White Sox. They beat the Reds. They beat the Red Sox. The A's, who are a minor league double A team at best. Would you give them that? Um, <laughs> so how you know what the A's starting ERA is for their frame, for the team right now? Three of something. It's eight point eight. Oh their ERA. <laughs> so you're ERA. saying the, wait, 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 hold on. the Nationals three they beat the Nationals three times, they beat the Tigers three times. I mean they have a lot of wins against bottom dweller teams. So But they're winning the games they're supposed to win. Exactly. And everybody's gonna play this schedule because yeah. we have the balanced schedule this year where everybody plays everybody. Uh, this same, this same excuse could be used for everyone out there. Right. So hey, rest of the AL East, hey, rest of baseball, step up if your you game. Play these teams, beat them. Exactly. They have, you know, I I'm shocked at the. I, I won't say I'm shocked. You know, Tampa continually puts out a quality competitive team despite their payroll, despite nobody being there. Um, uh, and, and you know, funny, funny you mentioned that about the stadium, right? I had a. I've been there. I've seen it. Over social media with a, a, a buddy of mine who uh, is in the Air Force with us. That uh, he, he lives down in Tampa, and he talked a lot about it. It's not so much the stadium. It's the location of the stadium. Oh, it's atrocious. It's, a horrible it's spot, atrocious. Um, where people can't get to it, so they don't go. But so, man, some picture, of the people. Picture St. Louis for stadium location, okay? You got St. Louis in your mind? You have the uh, Eads Bridge in between the Stan Fusion and the Poplar Street. There's that piece of water that flows in between uh, Illinois and Missouri. Go down 50 feet in the Mississippi, and that's where Tropicana Field is, or whatever it is. So, yeah, talk about looking. You have to have a submarine to get to it. Yeah, it's bad. It's in a really bad spot. So, Craig Neary, if you're out there listening, um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's problems there. But why not build but, an outdoor stadium on a golf? Yeah, that, I mean, we, that's a discussion for another day about the yeah. franchise locations because we can get into that when we talk about the A's. Yeah. Round me back in here. I could go hey, on forever. Uh, what about some of the standout players? Uh, Randy Rosarina killing the ball, which hurts us mm. as Cardinal fans. We don't like to hear about Randy Rosarina. Uh, but he's, he's, his OPS, 996, five homers, 24 ribbies. The guy is tearing it up. So what's league average for OPS for some of the listeners that might oh know? Oh, gosh. I mean, anything over 850 outstanding. Yeah. So it's a major league player. 500 slug and a 350 on base. So you want to be 750 to keep yourself relevant in the major leagues, yes? Yeah, I, I would say definitely. And what was a Rosen Reigners again? 996. Okay. 
Vonder Franco, 12 doubles, 315. I mean, is he German now? Is he German? Vonder? Vonder. 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 If he's wandering around. Uh, hey, dude, did you see the catch he made the other day? Did you see Franco's catch the other day? I did. He, uh, he overran a ball going back at shortstop in left field in foul territory, overran it. Couldn't get it with a glove, reached back with a bare hand, caught it bare hand. It was like a la Kevin Mitchell back in like back in the day. That was on Ozzie Smith, right? No, who hit the ball? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember who hit the ball. It was against the Cardinals, though. Well, of course uh, it was. But it was Kevin Mitchell. So Any other surprises? What about, I, what about Pittsburgh? I want to say one thing, though, about players that you said, and I know we got to go uh, quick to keep – actually, we don't, but it is what it is. I want to mention Brandon Marsh. Philadelphia Phillies. In 22 games, he's got 70 at-bats, 25 hits, 6 doubles, um, 4, or I'm sorry, yeah, 6 doubles, 4 triples already, 4 triples, 4 home runs, 13 RBI, uh, 357 batting average, and an OPS of 1.173. Yeah, it's killing it. Yeah, that um, is the definition. And Pete Alonso, 10 home runs. Yeah, well, if you're going to go home runs, Max Munson. 11 in the month of April. Uh, That's crazy. Hey, uh, Pittsburgh. No, oh, I don't want to start. Yeah, as a, you know, they reside in our beloved Cardinals NL Central, and they are uh, are really playing well. And actually, I think it's good for baseball to see yeah. a couple of these. You know, uh, how do we how do we put it? Uh, lower payroll salary yeah. uh, teams excelling like this, and Pittsburgh's doing it with a balanced offense and some real good pitching. And you just got to be even keel. Play even keel, hit the ball a little bit, field the ball, and you can be right there. So, I mean, how often has the Yankees had or Yankees or the Dodgers had the highest payroll? And they always fall. I'm not to say always because Yankees got 22 World Series titles, but uh, just fall short. Yeah, the, young, young, the other thing I think about Pittsburgh, you got a lot of young talent on there, like Connor Joe, who's a pretty exciting ball player, um, and then you got some veterans like Santana, and then they brought back McCutcheon. And I think and McCutcheon's playing great. He's got five homers. He's you know, hitting three hundred. You know, he's he's playing really well. But I think didn't McCutcheon play uh, center field when Babe Ruth was playing <laughs> right field? I think uh, when, when the yeah. when the two he had the original. What, what were those hats called? That the, uh, the they had the the hoops. It looked like an old rugby jersey. Yeah. What were those called? Uh, but uh, I think he's a great steadying influence on a bunch of young guys yeah. and uh, them getting off to a good start. I you know I don't want them to win the central, but I do want them to succeed. And uh, my cousin out there is a big Pittsburgh Pirates fan. So. Absolutely. And speaking of cool, relevant things already, I know we're going to probably take a break here in about uh, a minute or so, but I wanted to bring up, who was the Boston Red Sox player that uh, Austin brought it to my attention? Two home runs in one inning. Uh, it's Matasaki. How do you say his name? Matasaki. 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 So you're saying he's... From the Far East? He's, no, he's Japanese. He's Japanese. Yeah, two homers in the same inning. He hit another one last night. Is he the one that Jeff, uh, Boston paid $90 yeah. million? Oh, so he looked good in the World Baseball Classic, too. That guy's a player. He's a guy's a baller. But two home runs in one inning. When was the last time that happened? Because I know Fernando Tatis did it. Two grand slams. Two, but still, two home which runs. Is, which has never happened. I mean, is a grand slam not a home run? Yeah. I think one time For we sure had a discussion on the rarest things that happen in baseball. We should. But I remember that that happened on my birthday, April 23rd, which was just this past Sunday. And funny, neither one of you sitting around this table sent me a message and said happy birthday. So you know what? You're a dick, and you're a dick. What do you think about that? (laughs) I I asked you to go to a ball game, so shut up. They're out of town. No, 
That's close. Yeah, that my wife's birthday. I was like, hey, I want to flow to Seattle. Big bags for birthday? Yeah. Um, I like a big head. Hey, you know, something else that's, uh, that's happened um, in 2023 in the baseball season, a lot of rule changes, right? Yeah. A lot of rule changes. So, you know, everything from pitch clocks to, you know, bigger bases to um, some of the other things that they put in place with mound visits and whatnot. How do you think it's affected the game? And, and, and also, uh, as, as uh, patrons of the game, how does it affect the audience? I'm 50-50. And not that I go both ways. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that. Like, what would you say? Another time to talk about. Well, I was just saying. Not that kind of podcast, <laughs> sir. Why, you take, get your mind out of the gutter. You old, retired creep. Um, oh, pretty soon. Don't be handing out candy pretty soon. Stay focused. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I like it. I think it's good for the game. It's good for the younger generation, maybe more action. Because um, I looked the other day, the average ball game now, two hours, 27 minutes. 238. 238, okay. And then last year was 315. It's the lowest since 81. The time is the lowest since 1981. So it's 1981. Yeah. So, Cardinals had the best record in the National League every year, though. Didn't make the playoffs because mm. of the split, the strike. Oh, yeah, that's it's a little piece of trivia there. Yep. Uh, I like it. I think it's good. keeps viewers, and I especially like it during the West Coast games when the Cardinals are at that, right that's now. That's a great point. Yeah, I like it because then it, I don't have to wait up till 1 in the morning to watch a ball game. Like last night. We uh, got to see the walk-off and then we got to see, the, yeah. you know, before it was God. like midnight. Salt, open wound, you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I... I still think, though, from the player's standpoint, hitters benefit. Hitters benefit. I think right now, though, the traditional boomer baseball fan had to throw that word in there for our producer, Andrew. I like to go to the ball game to spend the evening. To me, anywhere from three hours, three hours, 15 minutes is great because sometimes now you look up and it's like, wow, the seventh inning. You know, I've only had one beer, which, what's your opinion? Well, let's the... get to that. Man. I know no. we're taking that. No, we're not taking it. But anyways, yeah. what do you think on the rules and all that stuff? So, uh, there's there's some aspects of that. You know, you and I grew up with the, with the extended time on the ball game, and I think there's a certain charm about baseball that it doesn't have a clock. Like most games have a clock that they're decided within 60 minutes, where baseball is decided by outs versus time. And, and quite frankly, what, we wouldn't have the, the we wouldn't have known about the storytelling of Vince Scully if we if we had a time yeah. clock in baseball. Because right now, if you listen to a game, the, the guys who are commentating the game don't have a lot of time in between pitches to, to talk about what's going on in the nuances of baseball. So would Vince Scully so, and Bob Uecker be well, as big Vince as they Scully, are now maybe, if it was back then? Yeah, maybe not because they don't have that. But and I think there's there's a certain charm about that. But I understand that draw younger fans and casual fans in to grow baseball. And I think that's what this is targeting. I think it's being successful because um, I tell you, there's, there's something, there is also something about going to a Sunday afternoon game starting at one o'clock and being home in time to go do something else. Yeah. <laughs> Actually fire up the grill. Yeah. When you get have home. something, have a few uh, Zwickles and citywide. Yeah. I'd, well, how about just a Budweiser? Um, well, that too. Uh, it's from St. Louis. They're still American-owned. It's, it's owned by InBev. You're not hearing that. It's, it's, it's Budweiser. 
It was brought over from Germans. Belgium. The original uh, recipe was German. I'm confused. What do you know? Woodweiser? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. I wrote a paper about that. Did I win um, that round, Andrew? Hey, so. Yeah. <laughs> shut your face. That you're, boy. you're wearing a Royals shirt. So shut up. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I'll tell you, there's one thing I really do like that they've changed, and that's the skull, the uh, the increased size of the base pads, because the skull and base is rough. And, and I, I love watching the running game. I love Whitey Ball. Yeah, man, Why we're over that. I mean, that's a staple in St. Louis. You want to see running. So everybody talks about, so I actually had this conversation at work today. Somebody was talking about action in baseball. How long does a home run last? Not my typical sex life. It doesn't let them last long. But um, uh, anyways, a home run, what I'm saying, a home run at 110 miles an hour leaves the ballpark like that. You get about 20 seconds at Bush. You get the fireworks. You get to all that. But bunts, steals, that, that lasts an entire inning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love the hit and run. I love it. To me, that's exciting. That's Speed exciting. Doesn't, Speed doesn't slump, right? Right. You get in a slump, power hitters get in slumps, base hitters get in slumps. Speed never slumps. You get on base, you can go. You can go. Why you said that a long time ago? Speed never slumps. Yeah. And um, I love the steal. And you got, you, guys guys like, you, you got guys like Ronald Acuna, right? Ronald Acuna, boy, he's got 13 steals right now. He's, got, he's on pace for, I think, the last I saw, he's on pace for. 88 steals. That's the most since like 2001. 88 steals are you seeing? Good for the Braves. So speaking of the Braves, I know you talked about it in the AL East, but good for them. In the East. Sorry, in the East. Good for them for incorporating new age baseball and still old age, old age, old school. So if you can hit bombs and then still steal and play small ball with big ball, that's tough to beat. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of it. I think, you know, there's the, the Cleveland Indians have been running wild. They're leading the league in stolen bases. Guardians. Oh, you are correct. We're going to get canceled I mean, if you say that. that. No, we're going to get canceled on podcast number one. Yeah. Um, it was a good start. My apologies. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, that's old, old, you know, 90 years of, or whatever it is, of tradition. No, no, no. Um, the Indians are tradition. The Guardians are new. That's what I said. No, you, it's you hard said for me to get past 90 years. Oh, of that, of that. like Harry Doyle? Yeah. Hello, all you <laughs> friends of the feather. <laughs> Chief Wahoo. In a case you haven't uh, noticed, and judging by the attendance, you, you haven't. <laughs> uh, so here, here's another thing. You know, I think they intended for more action, right? Part of this yeah. was supposed to speed up the action. You know, walks are up. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Strikeouts per game are the second highest they've ever been. So, you know, is the intended action... Uh, you know, it's, it's still not necessarily equating to put the ball in play more. So hopefully that uh, becomes part of the equation. So with that stat you just dropped on me, is that because pitchers are better or hitters are worse or a combination? Well, I tell you, I think it's because of pitchers are better. I mean, you know, you played ball at the college level, right? Did. So I did. How, yeah. many, how many guys that threw, that just like I talk college level, how many guys threw nine? That you faced. Uh, 2003? Yeah. How many guys were throwing 90 plus? Mm, every team you have about one. Yeah, one guy so, that was throwing 90. And so they were MLB, usually, at that point, at that point, they were drafted. So well, now let's take that up to MLB. You know, in, in 2001, early 2000s, how many MLB teams had somebody throwing 100? You think, uh, go back to how many guys? I mean, even, even 95. Uh, in 2001? Oh, 2001? Yeah. No. So there was five guys. They yeah, said it in the movie, all the rookie. Occasionally baseball. Yeah. So now you look at you look across rosters. See, but all those people pitchers though, real quick, they were fastball specialists. If, if they could throw a hundred, 
they had no other pitches. Right. But now you have 103-mile-an-hour fastball, a 97-mile-an-hour slider, 96-mile-an-hour slider. There are – the pitching is outrageous. Um, so I think that the, 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 the pitching has a whole lot to do oh, with yeah. that. It's crazy. And so my dad, even to that point, so when they're talking about the shift, and that's one of the rules that they they got rid of this year was, you know, the shift. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, how come the guys don't bunt? They don't bunt. They don't hit to the other side. So all these slap hitters, Pete Rose, all that stuff. Yeah. It is incredibly hard. I don't care if you're a pro or not. It is incredibly hard to bunt. A 92-mile-an-hour slider or a 92-mile-an-hour cutter uh, with yeah, accuracy. That. Yeah, it's tough. And everyone's like, well, they don't teach it anymore because it, I, I'll say this. I'm not making up for them. Bunts are still there. But it's incredibly hard to just to square up on something that's coming at you at 96 and moving. And all you're trying to do is catch it. Now, that doesn't make the excuse that Andrew Kisner is over two. Popping up bunts, which are probably the it's hardest. Future. See, but... Kisner's bunts are probably his hardest hit rates so far. So <laughs> you may be right. What's what's the exit velo on his butt? Probably quicker than what it was. He, he had a foul ball the other day that was eighty nine. <laughs> Getting after it. Yeah. Um, hey, so you know another maybe I don't know if they anticipated it or not, or if it's just a, a byproduct that, that, that that's come about with the uh, increased speed of the game uh, is. Is vendor sales in the ballpark? Mm, yeah, right. So, so, which is why I'm surprised the owners agreed to the pitch clock. But go on with your point. Yeah. So as the as the game speeds up and it decomp- it compresses the time of the game, that's less sales. So I think that you know I know for a fact because I read a couple articles on about different strategies that uh, ballparks have taken towards. Uh, Sell a bigger product instead of a 16 ounce beer. Sell a 24 ounce beer, right? I could get um, on board with that. You can get on. I can get on that train. Yeah. Uh, Come on, right? So, that so train, they're, they're train. having to change their tactics as far as uh, marketing and sales, right? But you know, what about uh, these teams? And there's been a few that have tried out pushing their alcohol sales to the eighth inning versus cutting it off at the seventh inning. So if you have a quicker ninth inning because of the pitch clock. You're having people who are getting last call and firing it up 20 minutes before they go get behind the wheel. So, I saw that article. Who was that pitcher, Andrew, that uh, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago in the text who was saying that uh, he can't believe, uh, I think it's a Phillies guy. Uh, yeah, excuse, this is, this is bad radio right now for all the listeners. But I attribute it to this. It's like a bar. It's up to the individuals, I think, to understand, you know, always have a plan, right? But at the same time, people are still going to make money. And it was Matt Strom. He's from the Phillies, correct? Yeah, Matt Strom from the Phillies was totally against, you know, the extending it to the eighth inning. So then it's like, okay, what's the difference between the seventh and the eighth? Everybody's tolerance is different, but just, just be responsible. Get a driver. And at the same time, if you drink... That much at a ball game to where you're not functional, I want your job. Because we all know how much a beer costs at a ball game. I mean, for God's sakes, at Bush Stadium, it's $15 or whatever, and I can see where they make it. I literally move my head and go, you're not losing any money on uh, transportation to get it here. So, 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's uh, but uh, there's also a certain responsibility of the of the ballpark and the and the vendors yeah. to understand when it's time to cut it off. But geez, I mean, good thing St. Louis hasn't done that. They haven't. They, they're still doing the seventh inning. The seventh I think inning. there's only been four. There's only four ball clubs out there that have tried this. I think I know the Rangers. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee is another one. Fitting for a team called the Brewers. Hundred <laughs> percent. Surprised they don't just you know have an after party. Yeah, might as well. You know, the Cardinals should have an after-party. <laughs> boots and pants and boots and pants. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait, that didn't work. Sorry. <laughs> that was it. I hit the wrong button. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm not a DJ. Hey, so, you know, talking about those stadiums. What about the Cardinals season so far? I don't know. Can so, I take a break before we get into that? Sure. All right. So stay with us, folks. We'll take a break. We'll come right back into it for the Cardinals season because I need to recharge my batteries and probably fill my uh, whiskey glass before we start getting into this. All right. Thanks all for listening. We'll be right back. Series wins against Toronto uh, at home, and then we have one on the road in Colorado. Those are the only series wins. Uh, we split. No, Colorado was a Colorado was two out of three. I we thought we took two out of four. No, we split with Pittsburgh. Either way, that's uh, splitting with Colorado or two taking that. Yeah, not splitting them is like a split. Sorry. Uh, swept by the Braves, split with the Pirates, lost two out of three to Milwaukee, Arizona, and Mariners. So um, the, the probably the death knell of all that, or the, you know, the ominous thing, is drop the first game of every single series so far. Tough to sweep when you lose the first one. It's really hard, I've heard. It's like mathematically impossible, from what I'm told. We had Wayno starting the season on the I.L. We had everybody's favorite shortstop, Paulie DeYoung, starting on the I.L. Um, although Wayno did, did make an appearance day one and crushed the national anthem. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Early turmoil with Ollie and uh, calling out your boy, Tyler O'Neill. I'm sure you'll want to talk about that on a hustle play at home against the Braves. Yeah, I got the um, stats on that. We'll learn yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. Let's, let's unpack that. So uh, starting pitching's been bad. No other way to put it. I mean, uh, only four quality starts. Three of them by Jordan Montgomery, one by Jack Flaherty. Um, Flaherty's been effective, but he's been like super inefficient. He's, he throws a lot of pitches to get those the outs that he gets. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals are 24th in earned run average. They're 28th in whip uh, and opposing batting average. And they only got five wins from the starting rotation so far through uh, through the first month. I mean, that's bad. I knew these numbers, but I didn't want to revisit them. So <laughs> thank you for bringing this up. It's my job to ensure that they are ingrained in your brain there. 
Uh, bullpen's been kind of middle of the road. They're right in the middle of the, of the majors in ERA. They, you know, there's one that I didn't realize. They're four out of nine in save opportunities. Um, you know, we could attest to that last night as the save will hit the walk-off in San Francisco last night. It's 22nd in the opposing batting average, 18th in whip. Uh, but they are leading the league in strikeouts uh, in, with the bullpen, 104 and 84 innings. Hitting, you know, so the hitting's kind of misleading, right? So they're they're up in the top seven or so in most categories, but um, number 15 in run score, which, you know, I don't give a shit what anybody says. About all these different stats, you can give me all your analytics, email it. You know the stat that matters the most? RBIs. Runs. The runs you score. That matters. you got to score more runs than the other team. It's not something new. And uh, they're right in the middle of the road. And, and if you look at it a little bit deeper, they've had some big games. So they Do we have a stat on Cardinals batting average, runners in scoring position? We do. Or is it just, say, on their shit? <laughs> It has, it has four of those little, like, characters. Yeah, asterisk <laughs> characters yeah. and a guy vomiting. Yeah. Or it's the Calvin and Hobbes it's, it's sticker a, just taking a, a piss on it. dude puking emoji. Oh. Um, Ooh. So, so, they've scored two or fewer runs in seven of 24 games. Shut out three times? Yes. And they've scored three or fewer in 10 of 24 games. So, you know, a lot of those runs came in those 14 other games. Runners in score position that you were talking about, 250 with uh, an OPS of 770, and they're tied for runs are 28. And they're honestly they're they're tied with Pittsburgh, which you know didn't see that coming. There's been a couple standouts. I mean I'd say Nolan Gorman is a standout. Uh, six homers, 22 ribbies. Nolan Gorman, this must be his twin brother from last year. And I'll tell you this. This is brother Roland. Roland Gorman. Roland Dice. Nolan Gorman has made me eat crow in a good way. Yeah. Because I saw him bat last year and I'm like, okay, just pack you know, home run, strikeout, whatever. This year, he has turned into a complete hitter. He's learned. He's not chasing that high fastball. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for the guy. I'm happy that he's young. He could be a really good ball player for the Cardinals. Yeah, I think he's uh, he has made a believer out of a whole lot of people who over this, over this uh, winter, over the offseason, were saying, hey, this is the guy that we use as a, a chip. To trade for a front end pitcher, or a uh, you know, I think I think he was one of the key pieces, people in the proposed Juan Soto deal last year. Um, I'm really happy, and I you know I think some people in the front office are looking pretty doggone smart right now. We're holding on to this guy, and then he and then credit to him for doing all the work over the offseason to uh, to be where he's at right now. So yeah, he's been I, I think offensively he's really been the lone bright spot. I mean, there's some other people putting up pretty good numbers. They're Average numbers, but like you said, no, no shining star. Yeah. No, no on, the, uh, on the other side, I mean, pitching, I, I, I guess Jack Clarity is 2 2, 3.29 ERA. Yeah, but how many walks does he have? He has a lot of walks. We were at the ball game. Walks in like 23 we were at the ball game. He got the first two outs, the second game of the season, and six pitches, and then walked the bases loaded and ended up throwing 30. 30 Two, 32 pitches in that first inning after having the first two outs on six pitches. But, Gross. But, but Disgusting. He is, he is who he is. This is nothing new. I mean, Jack Flaherty over the last X number of years has yeah. been inefficient in everything he does. That's the, who he is. But the freaking St. Louis media, and they, they think he's the second coming of 
um, Nolan Ryan and like Sandy Koufax and Randy Johnson all put together. And I'm like, he's not even left-handed, so well, why are we man, talking so, about so those other Nolan two? Ryan, so if you look at Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, what could they not do early in their career? They couldn't throw strikes. Either one of them, right? So so maybe there's something to that because batters only hit 200. That's true. So, you know, I think he's but I guarantee. a spot. And I, I'll tell you what, I wrote him hard on social media at the beginning of this year. Um, he's looked better. Walks, but he's pitched pretty decent and he's been yeah. effective. Last couple starts. But I guarantee Robin Ventura would beat <laughs> Jack Flaherty's ass. Yeah, he, yeah. he won't be Nolan Ryan's ass. No, I already know that. That's true. Um, and then one other place <laughs> I, person I'd say who's who's been effective is Gio Gallegos uh, out of the bullpen. Hasn't given up a run yet in uh, eight innings. So he wasn't good. sharp last night, but he was okay. Yeah. He's okay. So, so he's, pit, I mean, he's pitched better than Hill's uh, oh my so, God. so that stated, the Cardinals are sitting at nine and fifteen as of April twenty second. What is wrong with this team? I'll tell you. I gave you my one hundred percent opinion. Be unvarnished, sir. And this is the probably the biased opinion because no media is behind closed doors. Everybody can speculate, and I'm going to one hundred percent speculate on this. This team, after seven days into the season, where a manager calls out a player publicly, throws him under the bus, does not respect and or want to play for this manager. Now, like I said, I'm speculating, but if I was a player, even on my college team, and speculate that, and they threw one of my teammates under the bus, I would just, to me, and even now, to me, that just destroys, tells me everything about your character and who you are as a human being. Beyond baseball. Beyond baseball. This tells me that you're a puppet and you're just, you know, that, like I said, we've talked about it before. That conversation, even if you feel that way, you address it right then and there. And then you let your veteran players deal with it. And then you move on. You don't say it to the media in the second series of, a, of, of your, uh, your season on a play where he shouldn't have been sent in the first place. So, you know, I think there's there's some validity to some of the things you're saying. Probably. Uh, Ollie, so so what's what's Ollie's experience prior to uh, coming to the Redbirds as a manager, um, no major league managerial experience, uh, no no major league playing experience, but he was lightning quick at bagging my groceries at Schnucktail. He's got really quick hands in separating the bread and the frozen foods. Sir, that's not nice. Not long. Be nice. Why? Not Kurt. And Kurt Warner went to the Hall of Fame. Excellent. High B. Yeah. Kurt Warner, Iowa boy. He's all these Hall of Fame. He was high B. High B. High B. Yeah. High B. But I think that you know, I think I think a little bit of a tough position because a guy who wants to. Uh, push standards, push accountability um, across. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No, uh, no. And, and so from a few of the things I've heard over the last few days, because there's a lot of rumbling about whether the team, whether he's lost the team, lost the clubhouse. And, you know, uh, there's been some folks who are baseball insiders on the radio over the last couple of days who've talked a lot about that. They have assured that he hasn't. And the reason why is because in the year plus that he's been here and then he was a bench coach prior to that. He's incredibly transparent.
So, you know, who's to say whether he's lost the, the, the clubhouse or not? But I can tell you the ball club itself does not look inspired. No. At all. Zero fun in the dugout. You see some of these other clubs, you know, if somebody hits a home run or a big hit, they give them a sports jacket yeah. or a crazy helmet. Where and is that at? We have a pepper grinder. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not even Yeah, it's not even a real thing. I mean, it really honestly looks like you're doing something else with something long and skinny. <laughs> but, um, I just. Not that kind of podcast. Sir. I'm not saying it. Get your head out of the gutter again. Good God. All I'm simply saying, you know, you can tell almost by the body language of the Cardinals players. So then my next question, never mind Marmol, who is the leader in the clubhouse? Great question. Great question. And, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of this. Wayno has been there. So you don't have that. I mean, you got that for preference. You got Paul Goldschmidt, the reigning NL MVP, and you got, you know, Mr. Intensity, Nolan Arenado. They got to step up and be vocal. I know Paul Goldschmidt's got a record. He's not a vocal he's not guy. He's not a vocal guy. But you know what? You know what I looked when up? When a non-vocal guy puts his foot down something. and says something, yeah. then it should be something. Right. So even, and that's a great point. We talked about that uh, off air is simply, you know, we know Goldschmidt is probably, he seems like an introvert. Like I said, I don't think he's ever been ejected from a major league game. I can't see that ever happening. I, I, I looked it up and I couldn't find it. He just got, which is fine. But like to your point, when somebody like that who's never been ejected, whether he goes off on a bad call or slams his bat down, something like that. And I'm not saying you need a Manny Machado. Well, we got Wilson Contreras. He's obviously got some fire. Yeah, but he can't call a game, apparently. <laughs> Unless, well, I don't know where those pitches are coming from. But anyway, we'll get into that later. I like Wilson Contreras. Like I said, who is the leader? Who is, and that's where sometimes in baseball to where, you know, in hockey, you wear the C or the A. Yep. Who is the leader of the ball club? Who's the, that's a great question. Who was the last actual appointed captain of the Kansas City? Was it Joe Torrey? Ken Boyer. Ken Boyer. That's a long time ago. Yeah. You were just, that's you were just a way little boy. I wasn't a boy at all. I wasn't around. That's 50, 60 years ago. Oh. Um, so you were so, just a, a sperm. So, you know, so do you, <laughs> <laughs> Just swimming, swimming is like Dorothy. Uh, uh, like Michael Phelps. Hey, uh, oh, I was a champion. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, baseball is largely an individual sport that's orchestrated by a manager. I mean, what does a manager do? They're they're about making decisions about who to put in the lineup, about when yeah. to pull a pitcher, who to come out of the bullpen, what the rotation looks like. So, at some point, players got to execute too. Yeah, at one hundred percent, players have to. Play. So look only... at last night. Look at the last night. That pitch that Helsley threw. So did you see the setup where Contreras set up for that pitch? You know, yeah, I don't agree. With, I don't agree with a runner on base with a catcher getting in a seated position. No, because you, know, uh, you can't block anything if it gets wild. But but he was as low as he could possibly be. The target for that pitch was out of the strike zone, right? And that's the book on Sable. You get it yeah. to strike. That dude has struck out 50% of his at-bats this year. Yeah, you get but two strikes on him, don't throw him a strike. Right. What does Helsley do? He grooves it. He I could I could hit it out of the ballpark. But I could hit it out of the ballpark. But that goes back to pitch calling. So but why, is, why is a pitcher, what, what does a pitcher have more command on? A fastball. A fastball or a fastball? Yeah, especially when you throw 103. And his swing and miss uh, on a fastball was over 50%. He didn't throw one fastball last night. He... I, I think what I heard last night in 18 
pitches he threw something like six fastballs the whole time? Yeah. Why? That's nuts. That's uh, you I, throw I 103. Maybe he didn't have a field for us that night, but he's got to. It's his pitch, man. So who's calling? Who's who's, who's that's, calling? That's this? a great point because I don't see Contreras looking over to the dugout in between pitches. So that, that goes back to the thing, you know, with Molina. Um, called a pitch, nobody really contested it, you know, everything like that. And I'm not saying, you know, we'll probably never see another Yadier Molina in our lifetime. And I was talking about handling a pitching staff, understanding the game. Nothing against Wilson Contreras. There still has to be a trust between the catcher, pitching staff. But even that, to go back to your point, the Cardinals are all about metrics now. Where was the metrics on not throwing this guy a fastball? Well, I, I would throw him seven of them. Not just got strike. Don't even that too. Yeah. So, but again, that comes down to execution because it looked to me like Contreras was setting up for a ball out of the strike zone. He was setting up for a cricket pitch. He wanted that. He wanted that thing to go 55 feet. Great googly. Yeah, that's a wicked googly. Six <laughs> runs. So, I, I, you know, I think at some point there's been a lot of heat on Marmol. There's been a lot of heat on the front office. Although I think the heat on the front office is well deserved. For I agree. Not to a certain extent, that everyone saw was going to be rough. Yeah. Um, but but there's also something about performing. And wow, Stephen Matt not performing. Miles <laughs> Michaelis not performing. To your point that we talked about last year with Miles Michaelis, Andrew Verhagen. If you start in the majors, you don't go to Japan to figure it out and then come back to the majors and be really good. Well, apparently you do because they just signed an extension of Michaelis. Apparently he figured. That's a good one. Let's let's talk about extensions. Carpenter, the um, gotta wrap these guys up. So so, what do you think? Uh, you know, what do you think that the birds got to do to turn it around from here? Or is it something that's just gonna happen because you know their barrel rate says they're hit their balls in play are hit hard. I think I'm gonna sum this up into one word. And I, I'm gonna say it just. Simply trust. And what I mean by that is I think you need to pick your best your best nine guys and that's your that you're playing for for six weeks. Or yeah, for six weeks. And that uh, for six weeks and that's that's who it's going to be. And you stick with it and you evaluate. Because this shift and match with the outfielders. You got five outfielders for three spots, and everybody knows baseball is a game of longevity. But when you only get to play three times a week, if you're an outfielder, you're cutting 12 to 16 at bat. It's tough to get on a roll. So I think, in my own opinion, that having played baseball, if you show up to the ballpark that day and you know you're playing, you can start to get focused. But if you show up and you have no idea, am I playing? Am I batting fifth? Am I playing left field? Am I playing center field? Where am I playing? That's a huge, it's a huge mental thing. Stick with the lineup and let's go. Or even, you know, even not so much if you're playing, it's you know what your role is. Yeah. So even a bench guy, right? I'm going to yeah. be a bench guy. My job is to come in. I'm going to play late inning defense. I mean, you're going to want me to pinch hit against right hander. You want me to pinch hit against left hander. I'm a setup. I'm a setup guy. Or I'm a, you know, we've yeah. moved so far away from that. You know, there's not. The Cardinals haven't used a true closer role. I mean, Helsley doesn't close out every game. He no. goes he goes in high leverage situations against the heart of the order, right? That's and right. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that's actually a better use yeah. of yeah. your high leverage pitcher in high leverage situation against the best on the other side. Agreed. But knowing what your role is and having clarity on that, that's 
you know what? That's not a Major League Baseball thing. That's everywhere. Right. Everywhere you are. Whatever venue or whatever profession you work in, you want to know what your role is and what the expectation is. Because once you know what it is, you're more comfortable in that situation. And you know, okay, I may be able to do this or that, but I'm going to be comfortable in what I'm doing, and I'm comfortable in my job. And you know what? I know if I screw up, somebody's got my back, leadership's got my back, and I can move right on and forget about it. So I think I think everybody agrees, and I think you'll agree, that um, pitching has definitely been a problem, especially starting pitching. You don't pull off trades in April. You don't pull off no. trades in May for, for frontline starting pitching. Late June, early July. So, um, so how do we get this? How do the, how do the Redbirds turn this around? I mean, do we do we see something like so? Matt's is going to be on the mound tonight, right? In San Francisco, and he's not been good. No. And he wasn't good last year before he no. the deal. No. So if Matt lays another egg tonight, do you make a statement by saying, "Hey, man, you have been good. You're going to the bullpen. Uh, we're going to bring Libertor up out of Memphis and put him in a rotation." Yeah. Or, I mean, or even Libertor coming up, going in the, going in the bullpen, which I, I actually like him in the rotation better. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather they get, you know, major league reps than AAA reps. Yeah. So, so is that the answer right now? You think? Could be, because like you said, you know, even Ollie going back to the beginning of the season, we have a standard. You know, I get it. People are trying hard, but at the same time, production. Baseball's a production. Oh, production. Driven game. <laughs> If you're not producing, we're going to keep running you out. I mean, look at the uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks. After the Cardinals shelled them, they released Bumgarner. Pretty big name. Nobody wants to make those cuts, but at some time, if you're not producing, you got to go. I don't know what movie it was, but I remember some old grizzled cowboy saying sometimes you just got to cut a man loose. You do. Probably John Lee. Something like love John, John Lee. But you do. And like I said, are we are the St. Louis Cardinals a charity? Or are they trying to compete it's for a, job a World board. Series title? It's a job board. The job. <laughs> That's what we do here. It's a job fair. But even come try out at each one of the outfield positions. We'll give you a look. Even under your, um, since we've been here, we've talked about it off air, and we're talking about pitching. Talk about this front office inability to evaluate pitching. Yeah. So I think with, with in defense of the front office. And when I say front office, I think we all mean right. John Moselak, president of baseball operations, because yeah. the GM is. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think fifty percent of Cardinal fans can even tell you who the GM I is? Not. I think they think John Moselak. No, the it's GM. Michael Gersh for anybody who exactly. doesn't know. Michael Gersh. Um, I, you know, John Moselak can only pull off deals within a budget that's not established by him. That's established by the ownership. Yep. So I think there's a real question about what is the ownership goal, what is the ownership willing to, to spend, because they're pretty healthy when it comes to financials. Yeah. Um, the ballpark's filled. Well, and, you know, it's, it's that, it's it's television revenue, it's a lot of different things, you know, a lot of the money that comes from Ballpark Village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that, I think Moselak gets some unfair criticism he of does. what he can do. He does. And so, like this offseason, he looks around and what what's available from a starting pitching standpoint? Not a lot. Is it worth going out spending the type of money that they're commanding? Uh, are you increasing the capability of your rotation by what was available? Maybe a little bit, but was there any true? No. You know, I mean, outside like Jacob Degrom or somebody like that, who hey, I'm gonna stay away from that guy because he can't stay out the IL. Somebody out there. Look um, at Max Scherzer. He's hurt now, isn't he? Still? No, he's just got suspended because 
because he's using too much rosin. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so who was the other one that was? I thought he was hurt for. No, DeGrom, he, he missed his start. Oh, Degrom. They thought he was hurt. He he, he paid his next. And then Verlander. Anyway, but yeah. So <laughs> he so swore like, his kid's life though. He didn't use rosin. And but to the point of what you're saying, yeah. I want to defend the front office a little bit. Now I'm going to go the opposite direction. It's really more about the scouting department. Yeah. Um, and Randy Flores has, a, who runs the scouting department, has got a great reputation, and they've established a great system. But they have not done a good job over the last 10 years of, of evaluating pitching talent. We got rid of a lot of pitching talent in search of a power-hitting outfielder, a la Tyler O'Neill, a la Marcelo Zuna. We gave up pitching for that. And pitching that's turned around has been pretty damn good, especially between yep. about Sandy Al- Al- Alcantara. Yeah. Um, he's talking about some high-end talent that was deemed to be worth the risk of, of acquiring these other players. Um, and, and I'm not sure that it's a strength of the organization. And quite frankly, if you look at it, who was the last top-level star that they developed? Period. The Cardinals developed? Period. I mean, we've had some talent come through there that has produced at the major league level. Yeah, slightly above average, but who's that? Who's the stud? The last one I could think of who didn't develop that even wore a Cardinals uniform was Chris Carpenter because he would just come in and, you know, he would have that kind of bulldog, red-ass approach. Outside of that, I, I, I can't think of it. Well, we didn't develop Carpenter. Oh, that's what I'm saying. He was just the last one that wore a Cardinals uniform. Yeah, but I'm talking about somebody who came up through the system. Uh, <laughs> and Pujols uh, and Wainwright. And Wainwright came up through the Braves system. Shit at my job, but still be protected. Yeah. 
that mafia union type. And then file uh, file a lawsuit against the people that employ you, and then still get employed. And get it thrown out. <laughs> yeah, get it thrown out. Yeah, didn't win. So I got a what the hell for you, and it's a good one. And this, whether it's baseball, hockey, football, if you're attending a sporting game, say we got the Cardinals versus the Dodgers, whoever. You see these morons showing up wearing Cubs gear or Padres gear or just anything. Like those people aren't even playing. Now I get that. You want to represent your team. Sure, I understand. But if I go to uh, Wrigley Field and the Cardinals aren't playing, I'm not wearing Cardinals stuff. I'm just, I'm just not that I person. That. I would, well, Anywhere else, maybe not. Yeah, but, so, but here's the thing. If you're a fan of those teams and those teams aren't even playing and you're there to just see the game, we're neutral. What the hell is the matter with you? I know that wasn't leading to what the hell, but seriously, what the hell is the matter? I question you. I question your judgment. I question your life choices. Hey, I'm going to pay money to this organization, but I hate both teams equally. I'm going to wear my Padre stuff, even though they're not even playing. That's, you know, the level of smugness that it takes to pull that off and say, you know what, both of teams suck. Yeah. Ours are way I'm pretty smug, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not going to support the Cubs for having uh, Poison Ivy grow on their outfield wall. And uh, you know what? It's like, we feel sorry for our hitters. Our uh, outfield wall was too far, so we're going to put this fence at a 45-degree angle just in case to hit it into the basket. But then our basket's going to be so weak that patrons can't even go in and get the ball. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is up with that? I just added that one. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you. Along those lines, or when you go to the ballpark, or what the hell? How about the guy, uh, and, and you know, the guy that shows up, grown ass man, that shows up at the ball game with oh, a God. glove, <laughs> and it's usually the glove that's from 1980s. <laughs> it's got a, it's the George Brent signature series, oh my God. right? With pine tar? Yeah, it's still yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah, and too much. Can, yeah, too much. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but this is the guy. That is gonna catch the foul. Use your damn hands, man. Yeah. Be a man. Because if that's your glove, you're not catching it anyways. Yeah. Well, and if, you know, if you're, oh my gosh, there's probably nothing that disappoints me more, especially when I see him when he's with a little kid. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna rob the little kid? You know, the little kid who also has his glove. <laughs> you're gonna punch, you're gonna the punch him out of the way and you're snap, you're snap <laughs> off a foul ball from Mike Laga? Yeah. Oh what the hell, man? Yeah. I like it. What the. <laughs> The greatest thing, though, is when you cut to these guys and you see the you see the old men and they're folding the glove in and trying to bat it like you know like you know, <laughs> to my life though I have never seen anybody over 25 years old with a ball glove in a stadium actually catch a ball with a glove. <laughs> I really haven't. Use your hat. Yeah, yeah. At least make it cool because. Have a beer in one hand. I mean, what's the one with the, there's a lady, wasn't there one with a lady or a yeah. guy who had a baby in one arm, a beer in the other, put like cradle yeah, the baby, cradle. held the beer, caught the ball and all at one side. I think they yeah. threw the baby up, caught the ball and grabbed the baby. The baby did a flip at the same time. Amazing. And she was surrounded by two old men excellent. that had gloves. <laughs> the baby had an excellent discount. Yeah, and just landed it. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. So what the hell when you see that? I got yeah. another one, man. Okay, little, hit me with it. A little more serious. Oh, God. So, what the hell is up with the Oakland A's potentially moving to Las Vegas? 
And oh. it, it's not so much about because Oakland sucks. About moving out of Oakland, which has a terrible stadium, nobody goes to see games there, that sort of thing. Yeah, but why, would, you why have, would you go to Oakland when you go to San Francisco? But, well, stay with me on this. Okay. This is direct correlation to St. Louis. Oh, so God. you've got you've got Rob Manfred coming out, the commissioner of baseball, you know, making a statement about the potential move there and how he feels sorry for the city, but they've done everything they could. The government. You know, they tried to work with the government. The, the owner's done all he can. And then he makes a statement, casually throws to the side, that their attendance has never been outstanding. Let's put it that way. That's what he said. And you look at it and you go, yeah. You know, I, I, looked, at their, I looked at their attendance numbers for the years. They're, they're pretty middle of the road most of the time. And, but you know what they haven't had? They haven't had a good team. No. So you consistently put a crack. They had a good movie. Team. So a few years ago, yeah, they had a good movie. Yeah, Brad Pitt, maybe Jonah Hill. So, I mean, who would go through that? I, I uh, watch it now. I well, I like Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Like thick. Yeah, thick <laughs> boy. <laughs> um, Seven so, inches so outside, my right, right? so they, they had a they had a couple ninety-seven win seasons back to back. That's not bad. They still didn't draw. No. But when they had, you know, they haven't drawn well since around eighty-eight to ninety. Lebrusso. Well, World Series. Yeah. Game, right. But when you consistently put a bad team out there, you can't ask people to show up. What does this remind you of? The Rams. The Rams. And now it's being underwritten by the league, by ownership from the league. They are underwriting the movement of this team. It's 100% the same thing that happened to St. Louis with the Rams and the NFL, Roger Goodell, and the other owners, a la Jerry Jones, getting behind this yeah. and helping this thing happen. So Oakland's going to lose this team. It's going to go to Las Vegas. And here's the tie-in that makes me say, what the hell? Why are all these teams going to Las Vegas? Right? Have you noticed what's become one of the main sponsors of organized sports over the last couple of years? No. All professional sports? Betting. DraftKings. Ah. Right? Yeah. All the different uh, companies that do online betting. And meanwhile, Pete Rose can't get the whole thing. <laughs> is Pete Rose going to be the owner of the uh, Oakland A's or the Vegas A's? So, 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 you know, every, these franchises are moving to Vegas now. What an unbelievable situation this has caused with uh, with some of these franchises. And we felt yeah. here in St. Louis with the same thing. But, man, I feel bad for the Oakland A's. I do, too. Uh, I do, too. I feel bad. And I hope they're throwing up their hands saying, what the hell? I hope they are, too, because if you're an Oakland A's fan then you're clearly born in Oakland because why not just drive across the uh, Oakland Bay, Bay Bridge and go to a much better ballpark and be a Giants fan? Well, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Uh, and here's the other thing. The A's, I don't know if you know this, but the A's between last year and this year raised the ticket prices. <laughs> they raised them? Yes. Was that not part of Moneyball? Oh, my God. But even if that, you build a team, we can talk about this later, but you build a, you get a baseball team in Las Vegas, you're going to have to have a bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just, uh, can you imagine the air conditioning bill? Oh, but it's going to, you know, I think the writing's on the wall. It's going to happen. Yeah. But it's really sad that these things are happening. It is. being underwritten by the league. So yeah. And I don't have any more what the hells. That's enough what the hells. But I think our last segment uh, of our first podcast, the great idea that you had up. So why don't you tell us all about it, Chris? Yeah. So I think every 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 time we sit down together, we want to go come up with something that's called all-time best. Ooh. And uh, it can be anything. I think today we're going to focus on some ball players, but Yeah, uh, we are. You know, one week it may be what's the, what's the best uh, best food you've ever eaten at the ballpark, or you know who's the who's the best football player, whatever it doesn't matter. But today we're going to focus on our all-time best, and our all-time best category is uh, if you were built a team, 
Who would be your all-time infielder? All-time infield. Just so, infielders. We're only doing the infield today. We'll do yeah. Infielders. We'll do back pitching staff. We'll do all that one other day. So how are we going to do focus this? On are you going to do a position, then I do a yeah, position, and we'll just go back and forth? Okay, so with that point, I'm going to start at third base and go kind of around the horn. And I did the numbers, I did the research, but for my money, my all-time third baseman, Mike Schmidt. Got to be Mike Schmidt. And you could disagree with me, you could agree with me, but let me read off some numbers. And let, what, wait, what's yours? Mine is also Mike Schmidt. Well, why not? Because he hit 267. 2,234 hits, 548 home runs, 1,595 RBI, played with the Phillies the entire time. Which, which in and of itself is a testament because yeah. that fan base sucks. Yeah, it wasn't good. He's a 12-time All-Star, 3-time NL MVP, 10-time Gold Glover, 6-time Silver Slugger, and an 8-time NL Home Run Leader. And given that point in time, he had a great mustache. And I guarantee that dude smoked like 10 packs a day before a game. So Michael Jack Schmidt would be on a lot of people's list. He is a hell of a ball player. I think that perhaps you have quite a battle going on upstairs with your dogs. <laughs> but, yeah, Mike Schmidt was also my choice. I would say the other thing that uh, stands out for me uh, not only did he win three MVPs, he was top ten nine times. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, Michael Schmidt was a baller, an absolute Oh, baller. and also all-century team, all-baseball team, and he was a first ballot uh, MVP or Hall of Fame with a 96.5% uh, vote ratio. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, all right. choice. Shortstop, go ahead. Shortstop? All right, so uh, I'm going to go with a very unpopular choice. Ooh, I might get two. There might be people booing me when they hear this. I'm going with Alex Rodgers. Oh, my God, I'm leaving. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez, before he went to the Yankees and moved over to third base, 10 seasons with 345 homers and almost 1,000 RBIs. He had 990 RBIs. 177 stolen bases, 308 with an OPS of 963. Alex Rodriguez was the prototype for big shortstops before they came Great ball player. Give me that. Don't care about. I don't care about steroids. I don't care about. I don't care about steroids, dude. He slapped a ball out of a guy's glove, and he's a dick. Bro, he, he's top five he baseball jerks of all times. He bagged Jayla. Who has a? <laughs> well, I mean, she's an American. Yeah, exactly. Not a. Not not a not Who a. Has it? You have. How do you know? <laughs> all right, you go with unpopular opinion. I'm gonna go with an unpopular opinion. You ready for this? Are you ready? Pee Wee Reese, Brooklyn Dodgers. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you why. Numbers, probably not as great. 269 uh, career hitter, uh, 2,170 hits, 126 RBIs. You've got to remember back in the day. Uh, 885 RBI. Still a 10-time All-Star, uh, two-time World Series champ, stolen base leader. They retired his number, 1984 Class Hall of Fame, voted in by the Veterans Committee. World War II Navy vet. Which a lot of those guys back then were. But however, here was my thing. This guy was from Louisville, Kentucky. At the time when uh, Branch Rickey brought um, Jackie Robinson, you know, into uh, professional baseball away from uh, the Kansas City Monarchs. He was one of the only one. He stopped the petition, and I researched it to make sure the movie was a fact. He was the one that refused to sign the petition to not bring Jackie Robinson on. So that tells you, and he was competing at that time for his position. 
So without Pee Wee Reese, was there, could there have been a maybe a Jack Ryan? I'm not saying there wasn't, but this guy's character to me says it all. Now his numbers, sure, but you never know where baseball could have been without this guy. Just stepping on there. So that tells me all about the character. Even though that Robinson was competing for his position at the time before he moved to first base and then second base in the 47. I mean, that, that took balls. Especially being from Louisville, Kentucky at that time. Yeah, you know, great statesman, uh, great ball player on a great team. Um, so you're looking here for humanitarians, I got it. I'm looking for numbers who could hit. But his numbers hit. weren't bad yeah. at the time. They, they weren't, weren't bad. numbers, but, you know, okay, that's cool. Yeah, how, uh, many, how many arrests has A-Rod had so, and divorces? Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I all, care about what he does for, in the field. I care about what he does in the field. Slapping balls out of gloves and cheating? Yeah. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. All right. If you're good enough, you don't have to cheat. So I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to stay with my, I'm trying not to be a homer for Cardinals, but he played with other teams too. And it's not Tommy Herr, who's my favorite Cardinal. I'm surprised it's not. It's not Tommy Herr. Um, I'm going to go with Rogers Hornsby. Roger. Ooh, old school. Yeah. You know what his career OPS is? Career. Uh, hit me with it. 1.010. It's pretty good. It's not bad. No. Career batting average is 358. He had a five-year stretch, bro, where he hit 405 for five years. It's pretty good. 400 for five years. Those underhand pitches must have been tough for him. <laughs> uh, 301 home runs in an era where, you know, home runs weren't huge. They, I mean, That's he was pretty there. good. He was there in the spot where they, they really, during the time when they really started hitting a lot yeah, more of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they weren't a big part of it. Two triple crowns, two MVPs, widely considered by many to be the greatest segments. And I get it, arrow-wise. Yeah, well, that's arrow, fun about you know, There's going to be people who say, well, he played in an era where it was, let's, you know, you talked about Jackie Robinson. He played in an era where it was whites only, so he, he wasn't competing against all the best competition. Yeah, but, but he was. He was still good without, at the time. Without, one of the three best hitters of his era. Yeah, absolutely. And he played second base, so that's why he called. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Like, 30 mile hour pitches are tough. I remember when my coach was throwing them to me. Um, no? No good? I mean, no, great, great choice. I'm going with Ron Carew. Second base. Oh, boy, how many games did he play second base? Did he play a lot of first base? That's true, but you didn't, you didn't specify that. I gave you my stats for A-Rod only as a shortstop. I, you didn't specify. No. I, I said second base. <laughs> That's true. But he came up when I was looking, he came up as a second baseman. Anyways, let's talk about the great ball player. We could, what are we having a race here? Fantastic Three, player. 328 batting average, 3,053 uh, hits, only 92 home runs. Not a, not a power hitter. Slap yeah, slap hitter. Uh, 10,015 RBI, 18 time All Star, AL MVP 1977, Rookie of the Year, seven times AL batting champ, in a league that you know thrives on hitting. His number retired or is retired by two different teams, the Twins and the Angels. That's pretty good. So you play for a team so good, then they trade you on a free agency, and then you still are so good, they retire your number two. Twice. And a yeah. great statesman of Panama. Panama. He was Panamanian baseball before Mariano Rivera came around. He was? Yeah. And he's also uh, converted Jewish, as immortalized in... Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. That's true. I thought we were talking like Seinfeld. I think he yeah. converted to Judaism purely for the jokes. <laughs> Does it offend you as a Jewish person? No, it offends me as a comedian. What about first base? I got Albert Pujols. Same here. Yeah, there's no debating it. No debating it. We can see one thing. Well, I would have 
you know, I would have given some sway, you know, talking about humanitarian and good people, I would have given yeah. some sway to Lou Gehrig. But boy, I mean, Albert Pujols. You can't argue with his numbers. Right-handed hitter, definitely of his era. And baseball. Uh, Hank Aaron was pretty damn good right-handed. Mm. He had more hits. He had more home runs. Yeah, that's true. Well, you got me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hank Aaron was probably Shit. the most under, underrated, underrated player of all time. Uh, yeah, pretty but good. But Hank Aaron, I mean, Albert Pujols' first 11 years in the league are stupid. Absolutely stupid. Did you say that like Rod Cruz? Stupid? Stickle? <laughs> No? Like, Are we in trouble now? I like Adam Sandler. Oh, um, he averaged 40 homers and 121 <laughs> RBIs and 117 runs his first 11 years. That's a decade of hitting 40 bombs. Yeah. So that would we'll be that. Uh, that would be my all in field. I would say Albert Pujols, Roger so, Warren. Oh, you didn't go behind the plate? Like, no. I went behind the plate. No, we do. That's, that's different. All in field. We're not talking about battery. Oh, uh, yeah. all right. Well, I got my own anyways. Well, you already got it. You're yeah, right. that's right. It next week, though. I'll um, give you so a battery play. What was yours again? Can you remember that? Albert Pujols. Uh, Pujols, Rod Carew, Pee Wee Reese, and Mike Schmidt. I like it. Very diverse crowd. Yeah. Very different different thinking. Um, so I love it. More to follow on those in future episodes. Yeah, and apparently catcher's not part of the infield. I don't know. Not for... Six of this. Oh, we're going to talk battery mates. Uh, yeah. oh, I do too. Yeah, Andrew, our Andrew, producer, Andrew, Andrew, you got a catcher? You got anybody? Andrew, who's your, but Andrew, who's your greatest third baseman of all time? But you're a Braves fan. What about Chipper Jones? I know. Like, I don't know. Wasn't a lifetime. Oh, you could have been. Yeah, Chipper Jones. So his, his answers are, uh, if you wear a Braves uniform or an Astros uniform, you're good to go. Let me think about it. <laughs> Are you a part of the World Series lineup? Greatest infield. He, so he's, got, <laughs> he's, got, uh, he's probably got Austin Riley at third. Yep. He's got Rafael Ramirez at shortstop. He's like, who the hell is Freddie that? Freddie Freeman at first. Ah, yes, he has. So are you just going to say your best all-time infield is just the current Atlanta Braves infield? Yes. It is? Wait, so who is the shortstop? As he's wearing a royal shirt. Who is, so the royal shirt is free whenever the Braves beat the Royals at the Royals. But did, did you pay to get the ticket? Yeah. So really, really it was a $50 t-shirt. He paid the Royals. He paid the Royals, yeah. He paid the Royals for this free shirt. Well. <laughs> All right, anyways, I think that's going to wrap it up because if I finally get upstairs and start to help my wife <laughs> lay some floor, which we are laying some floor, you sick perverted minds out there. Uh, I might be diverse. Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in. Yeah, do what? Well, she probably is too. But um, thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, we're going to do our best to get this out there at least once a week. Stay as current as possible. Remember, you don't have to listen, but uh, just hit that subscribe button once we get it out there. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Chris, you got anything for the rest of the Fellas, people listening, women, men, women, anybody, Cardinals, uh, baseball players. No. No, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call them the best color man in baseball for anything. That broadcasting school really paid off. Yeah. All right, so all of us here at 90 Feet Apart, we thank you for joining us, and we will see you at a future date.